This is Howard Anderson, Managing Editor at Information Security Media Group. We're talking today with Lisa Gallagher, Senior Director for Privacy and Security at the Healthcare Information and Management System Society. Thanks for talking with us today, Lisa. Thank you, Howard. Happy to be here. A recent HIMSS survey determined that only about half of hospitals have a full-time Chief Information Security Officer. Was that a surprising result, and do you believe most hospitals should have someone in that full-time position? Howard, I do find that result somewhat surprising. I would have thought that the number would have been a little bit higher, and I do feel that organizations should have someone in that role. The survey also showed most hospitals spend less than the equivalent of 3% of their IT budget on data security. Do you think that level of spending uh, will grow in years ahead as uh, more hospitals automate more clinical data? To me, Howard, this is one of the most significant results from the survey. And, and in my discussion when I testified at the HIT Standards Committee meeting in, their, in November, um, I stated when asked that this result um, was very concerning to me, and it prompted me to portray the entire set of results to this survey as a call to action to the industry, in that as we put more money into this sector for technology adoption, we should all collectively think about finding ways to ensure that adequate resources are applied to the security area. So um, rather than just putting the onus directly on hospitals and, and even provider groups, what I wanted to say is the industry itself and, and those providing incentives need to take a broad look at how we can find ways to make sure that adequate resources get applied to security as we are adopting and implementing this technology. About 55% of those surveyed said that they conduct a risk analysis on an annual basis or every six months. Should all hospitals be conducting such an analysis annually or more frequently? Um, I believe that they should be conducting such an analysis at least annually. Remember, Howard, that a security risk analysis is the basis of HIPAA compliance, so all organizations should be doing it. As well, and, and this is sort of breaking news as of today, um, a risk analysis is listed as the single requirement in the security area for achieving meaningful use of electronic health record technology for the 2011 requirements in the meaningful use notice of proposed rulemaking that just came out in, on December 30th. So um, the point here is that um, with the laws and regulations that are currently on the books and, and recently being promulgated, risk analysis is really the basis of um, the security activities that they're expecting organizations to undertake. Only half of the hospitals in the survey said their organization has a plan in place now for responding to threats or incidents of a security breach. Do you expect most are working on such a plan now, given the new federal data security breach notification requirements? Are they likely in the works? You know, we didn't find um, a lot in the works in the survey, um, but I think that, um, as, you, as you mentioned, the new federal data security breach notification requirement may bring attention to that issue. Uh, that having been said, um, I, I think that an incident response plan is a much broader type of plan or process for the organization. It covers all activities that are put in place to detect and respond to a breach. One component of that, of course, is notifying those affected. Um, and we know now that this is not only a regulation, but this is also good business practice. 
But I still have some level of concern that organizations may be lacking a comprehensive incident response plan. So hopefully that breach notification law will bring attention to this area for healthcare organizations. Besides crafting a breach reporting plan, what other steps should hospitals be taking to prepare for complying with the new data breach notification rule, which will be enforced starting later in February? Organizations really need to work uh, within their own staff to be actively identifying breaches and compromises of patient data in a much more systematic way. In, in a related question, we asked those organizations that did, that did conduct a risk analysis what was the best benefit of that process, and what they said was that they were able to find um, patient data at risk. Um, that having been said, so um, if it's at risk and they know that, they need to monitor to make sure they catch when it actually is compromised. They, act, they need to be actively monitoring their networks, their logs, and the integrity of the patient data that they have so they can detect breaches as soon as they happen and then notify those affected. And there are lots of tools and methodologies available on the market to help them do that. The breach notification rule now also applies to business associates, um, partners of uh of hospitals. How should hospitals be working with these vendors to uh, help them prepare? Well, the rule requires that the business associates make their notification to the covered entity. So it's the covered entity that gave, that gave them the data or shared the data with them. They need to report the breach back to that covered entity. So therefore, the covered entity should be proactively discussing what that process will be for the BAs to report to them. In fact, this process should already be in place as the rule uh, or the regulation for breach notification reporting is already in effect. Under the uh, breach notification rule, organizations that encrypt patient data don't have to report breaches because the data is assumed to be secure. Is HIMSS encouraging its members to make broader use of encryption as a result? Yes, I would say that HIMSS is encouraging that as a best practice. Um, this is considered best practice in most industries, and I personally believe it should be implemented by healthcare organizations that have the resources to do it. And it's clear that Congress meant to incent or uh, motivate the industry to do that by including that as a, as a safe harbor for the breach notification rule. So, yes, we are encouraging use of encryption. On December 30th, new proposed standards for certifying electronic health records were unveiled as part of the broader EHR incentive payment program for Medicare and Medicaid. The criteria uh, for certifying EHR specifically require that the software must include encryption, cap include encryption capability. Do most electronic records applications for hospitals already available now include that required form of encryption? No, Howard, I can't actively characterize the number of applications that do or do not currently have encryption capability, but it is clear that due to the new requirement um, in the certification interim final rule um, that they are going to be required to have that capability in order to be certified EHRs for use in establishing meaningful use under, this, under the regulation. So um, it's clear that if that were a gap in functionality for products across the board, it's something that HHS meant to solve by uh, putting that requirement in the certification requirements for EHRs. Do you have a feel for whether most hospitals encrypt their electronic records that are stored internally and, and don't move the, outside of the facility? 
Well, we actually asked that question in our survey, and according to our respondents, uh, 44% of the organizations surveyed currently encrypt, encrypt data stored in the facility, and, and we use the term data at rest. So data that they are storing, 44% of the uh, responding organizations actually encrypt it currently. Uh, so that's a minority of hospitals that do it. Uh, you're hopeful that that number will rise the next time you do the survey later this year. Yes, we would expect to see or hope to see a rise in that year over year, and we will be asking that question again next year. The EHR certification criteria proposal notes that those organizations that find encryption is, quote, not reasonable and appropriate in its environment, unquote, can comply with the HIPAA security rule if they implement an equivalent alternative measure. Do you have a feel for what that might be? Uh, originally when HIPAA was promulgated, there was a lot of concern that encryption would be cost prohibitive for uh, some healthcare organizations, especially smaller ones. And um, they are allowed to include the cost as a factor in the risk analysis um, and final determination. Um, my best guess is that there are perhaps some policies and procedural um, controls that could be put in place as well as perhaps physical controls that could be utilized. Um, but the organization would have to clearly show um, that those or those um, controls that they put in place at their organization as implemented would be would add up to equivalent alternate alternative measures. So that really is um, a very uh, organization and implementation specific determination um, that they would have to defend if questioned as far as their overall compliance. The certification criteria require EHRs offer some sort of access control mechanism, but do not specify a specific standard. What kinds of access control do you think vendors of certified EHRs are likely to offer? Well, as you mentioned, um, HHS took a look at this issue um, again and determined that for um, next year's certification criteria, they would require the access control capability but did not uh, choose to adopt a specific standard uh, for them to meet for access control. And they stated that this is because they believe the industry will continue to innovate at a very rapid pace in this area and that by the time they specified a standard, better methods might be available than they could possibly specify on an annual basis. Uh, I believe they will reevaluate this over time, but they're really leaving it to the market to innovate um, with regard to access control mechanisms. They do state um, elsewhere in the regulation that at a minimum they're uh, expected to assign, be able to assign a unique username and or number for identifying and tracking the user identity and also have uh, controls in place that permit only authorized users to access electronic health information. So that's a generic description of access control and it looks like as minimum um, username and password, and then the uh, vendors would innovate and provide capabilities beyond that um, in the marketplace. As you mentioned earlier, the federal government on December 30th also issued proposed meaningful use criteria describing in great detail how hospitals and physicians can qualify for incentive payments for using electronic health records. The proposal states that to qualify for the first stage of incentive payments, hospitals and physicians need to, quote, conduct or review a security risk analysis of certified EHR technology. Can you explain just what that means? Um, you know, Howard, I think we will probably submit some questions on that exact wording, but um, but this is how I would interpret it for now. 
um, an organization should conduct a security risk analysis of their implemented EHR, so how it's implemented in their environment, or procure a security risk analysis from a third party, such as a consultant, and then review those results and act on the recommendations from the risk analysis results to determine what changes or additions they might want to make to their security controls in that environment to address any risks that are uncovered during that analysis. So conduct one yourself or procure one from a third party, review the results, and act on the recommendations. And that would form the basis of your security uh, work for your implementation for the first year. Okay, finally, do you have any other advice for hospitals on data security priorities for the year ahead? I think I have two pieces of advice. Um, the first um, is from our earlier discussion, Howard. Make sure that your security function in your organization is properly resourced. Make sure they have um, the appropriate knowledge, the appropriate staff, and the appropriate budget to meet the requirements that are not only included in the regulation but are really um, coming out of the security risk analysis that you should be doing. And then make sure that your um, security activities move beyond just compliance activities to really Im implement an active security risk management process. Um, we can see a pattern in regulatory and statutory um, provisions now that they're really asking organizations to base everything they do in security on an ongoing and active security risk management process. So take a look at what your resources are and make sure you're practicing security risk management. Okay, thanks very much, Lisa. We've been talking today with Lisa Gallagher of HIMSS. This is Howard Anderson of the Information Security Media Group. Thanks very much for listening.